Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Yeah, tell your neighbor, you know, got to watch what you say. Amen. Welcome, everybody. I'm Pastor Pat. Welcome to Living Word. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and, and those who are online, welcome to you. Come on, let's give them a big hand clap. Yeah. Welcome today. Excited about this series, and you'll find out why in just a moment. But I uh, want to make sure that you know about the A21 route. How many of you have ever heard of the A21 uh, awareness movement? Christine Kane started the, that um, movement, Walk for Freedom, to abolish human slavery. And it's just never been worse in the world of abduction and human slavery and trafficking that's happening and so forth, even in, in the United States. And uh, it's just deplorable. And so the awareness movement is to say we can do something about it. Watch where your kids are. Amen. Amen. But there's a, there's a walk actually happening on October the 20th. And it starts at uh, 2 p.m. The pre-registration is actually at 1.30 at Cooper Park, downtown Dayton. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, you can sure do that. We have a couple of our ladies, uh, uh, Jessica and Brandon, or Brandy, are going to be out at the Information Center to make sure that you got all the information that you need. And you can go to the, uh, the network, dlwc.network, or you can also visit the Connection Center. They'll give you a little bit more information about that. Lots of great things coming. Let me also mention... Right down here, I've got our, our, our event this Friday night, the, the prayer gathering happening at uh, Beaver Creek Nazarene, and it's uh, pastors and leaders and churches gathering all over the place, not only tonight at Declared Dayton, Dragon Stadium or Fifth Third Field down here tonight, and you don't, if, you, if you didn't get a ticket already, uh, you can get them actually down there if you would like, and so you can be a part of that tonight. And a beautiful weather for it. It's amazing. It feels like August. It's wonderful. But uh, any case, that's going to be happening tonight. Six o'clock is the, the time that everything really kicks off. And you can kind of gather with us. Fun time for the family down there as well. But uh, on this Friday, we actually have a concert of prayer happening that happens every year. And uh, you can put your, your lost loved ones or folks that you know and need Jesus Make sure you fill out one of those applications. We're going to take that gold box right down there full of names and declare the word of the Lord and pray for people to be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so you can fill one of those out. The cards and the pen is right there after our service today. Amen. Amen. Well, love you guys. And, and let, me, let me ask you a question today as we begin this series. And this is a question that, that probably applies to everybody. How many of you have had a car that is old enough to have gone out of alignment and you keep steering into the ditch. I mean, have had a car like that. The rest of you don't drive or haven't got out much. But uh, those cars, they, they tend to get out of alignment. Now, if you don't fix that, you're gonna, if you don't pay attention, you're going to drive right into something. And so life can be very much the same way. And so we're, we're, the talk that I want to give you today is living in alignment with God. And I've given you a handout today in your, in your worship guide, and so you can take that out and take notes with us today. This is one of those things that applies to everybody in the house because it's really all about our words and about God's word and how we use them and, and the inner dialogue that goes on in the inside of us. Um, this alignment idea lent me to... to really think about that because the word iniquity in your Bible means bent, bent. 
And that, that sin or iniquity tends to lead us going in the same direction all the time. But God wants to break that off of our lives. And he does it through his word. And so this morning I've, I've chosen this uh, Romans chapter number 1 as a, as a kickoff for us. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 in your notes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is the power of God? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so there's a believing component about how to get the gospel working powerfully for transformation in your life. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed, here he says it, from faith to faith. And so the gospel produces a believing that produces faith for operation in your life. From faith, you go from one faith to the next faith or a higher level of faith. As it is written, the just are going to live by faith. Trusting in the word of the Lord, moving forward, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And that's the life of a believer. And it all starts with the good word of God. It starts with the powerful gospel of Jesus. And so and so I, it's, it's a progressive thing. How many of you are growing in the things of God? At least you want to be. I mean, you want to be growing and maturing and your life transforming because that's God's plan for your life. Now, I'm going to do the best I can to, in this foundational message for this series to try to describe how this process really works and then show you from God's word what it says about your believing and interaction with him and aligning your life with the will of God. And there's a, there's a way to do it. It doesn't just happen. It's pretty deliberate. Um, so any case, number one, number one, write this down, that the gospel is about transformation. That gospel changes. It's the power of God to transformation, to salvation. It, it, it is that. And so God's good news. We live in a world that, that can not only help us, but can also hurt us. How many of you know that's sad but true? And in this world, there, there's something of experience that grabs a hold of all of us. Listen, we are the product of our experiences in life. Now, God wants to become a part of that experience. And so, how does all this really, this really happen? Now, write this down in your notes. In the, in the quotations, normal is different for everybody. Whatever your normal is, is created by something. Life experience Somebody said experience is the best teacher. Uh-uh. Experience is the only teacher. You can't know it if you don't experience it. Yet either You can happen vicariously, informationally, and so forth. You can take the word of God and begin to, to incarnate that in your own life experience and begin to use the word of God, which is very much by design. And so that's what God wants for us. But let me show you how that this, this really works because this is really psychology 101. This is the way we all understand life and grow into the, the people that we are because God wants us to look through a different lens, a new lens. Not necessarily the, world, the lens of experience, but the lens of the new creature, of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And I'll show you how it works, but everything happens in experience. From the time that we're born into the world, stimulus, stimulus, response, we call it experience. And from experience, we build concepts, and, and those, so concepts develop into perception. In other words, repeated experience create patterns for us we begin to recognize, and the more we recognize, the more we begin to get a, grows into a knowledge of the way the world works. The problem is, all of our normal is created through our experience, and our experience is not the same. So what's normal to you might not be normal to you. And so it's important for us to realize not everybody grows up where praise and worship music is happening all the time. That's 
Come on, how many of you know there's fighting and fussing and bitterness? Sometimes abandonment, yelling, screaming. Other times there's just a mixture of some days are good, some days are bad. But whatever we're learning about life, we're learning it real time. We're learning it day by day. Now, from that we get expectations or what we call beliefs. From the best we know about life, what we anticipate about tomorrow is based on our yesterday. Now, if normal is bad, what you expect is pessimistic. Why? Because it seems to get bad all the time. Let me give you for instance. Maybe you grew up in a circumstance or a dynamic where all the ladies of your life hurt you. And so then a gross generalization of life expectation is ladies hurt people. Okay? Was that true? No. But it has become normal within your experience. And so what do you anticipate? You meet a new lady, you end up ducking. Okay, why? Because your experience says you get hurt with that. And now, is it true? No, that might be very different from your experience. Why? Because everybody's normal is a little different. Now, here's the beautiful part about God. He wants to become not just a theological brain thing. He wants to get into your experience. That he's alive from the dead. He wants to be a, become a part of your daily life every single day. It's more than religion and going to visit God at church. He doesn't live here. This used to be Kroger's. God knows he don't live at Kroger's. Amen. Amen. God lives in you. He's in there to make an impact. He, he doesn't want a house on the corner. He wanted mobile homes so he could go where he wants. He travels in the believer, amen? Come on, slap a high five with a fellow RV for Jesus, amen? <laughs> amen. And so understand today that God wants to enter into your life experience. Why? Because you begin to experience the pattern of answered prayer and of God's opinion, and you begin to look through a faith lens instead of the pessimistic lens that you learn to look through all your life. It's called Transformation. Look at your Bibles at Romans chapter number 12, and I've given this to you in your notes, and I'm going to read this out of, a, out of a fantastic translation, and it's Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2, the New Living Translation. Uh, King James says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. New Life Translation says it this way. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, that good, what's good, pleasant, and perfect. And so you got to seek God, and you got to look to God to find out what the perfect will of God for your life is, because life is not going to just dish that up to you. Now, see, there's this erroneous idea that without it, God's just going to work in your life whether you like it, want it, or not. You don't have to pray. You don't have to do anything. God's just going to do His will. If that was true, your life would be dynamically better. Okay? Jesus said, pay attention to the red words in your Bible because it's Jesus speaking. He said, the thief is here and has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's here. So you better know how to deal with him. But he said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So you have a choice to make. You stand in the valley of decision like they did under Joshua. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so it's a choice that we make, and it's a dynamic choice. What I mean by that, it is on purpose and it's daily. 
And so it's something for all of us to experience. And so thank God, thank God today that the gospel has transformation in it. Secondly, and in your notes today, that there's power in God's word. Mm. Man, that dusty old book that sits on people's coffee tables and declares their home to be Christian. Well, there's no saved houses. Amen. Just people. But what it says is we value the word of God in our house. But it, it, listen, you only value it as much as you dig in and eat it. Amen. And now, one of, the, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I've used this at healing schools and different kind of things that we've done, just teaching on the Word of God, because it's one of those Scriptures that's just core to every single one of us. And there's Proverbs 4 and verse number 20. It says, my son or my daughters also, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, look at me here for a second. All of that is a dynamic process. It doesn't happen by accident. It says, go get it, look at it, send it here, send it here. Make sure it's in your heart. The only way to get it in your heart is to get it here and here. Now, how do you get unbelief and cursing and bad attitudes? Here and here. So he says, get into the Word of God continually, which means you're shutting off some of the bad and you're getting in the gospel. You're getting in good news. Come on, everybody needs a dose of good news. Say, that's me. Those of you who didn't say that, you needed it worse than the rest of us. <laughs> so it's so important that we understand the dynamics of how this actually works. Because some folks just have a bad idea. It's an unscriptural idea. The God's just going to do what he wants. Okay. Well, why didn't he make you pay your tithes then? Sure got quiet in this Methodist church. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> what happened? See, the the point of the matter for every single one of us is that God wants to work dynamically in your life. That's what he wants. He wants to be a friend. He wants to partner with you. He wants you to understand the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. He wants you to understand walking with him is an awesome privilege. It's a gracious opportunity given to people that have failed, and yet in spite of our failures, he loves us. Enough to send his own son to a cross to die and take the guilt off of us and nail it to his cross. And forever to be set free to follow God with all of our hearts. Now, that's the gospel. Now, he wants that for every one of us. But it doesn't happen just because you prayed a teary prayer one day. It's a process. I'm in process. Come on, you're a... Look at your neighbor and tell him you're a piece of work. Amen. You're just a piece of... I'm sorry. We We get a little fun around here. It's all right. We like having fun here at Living Word. But he says, attend to my words, incline your ears unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Why, why, why? Because they're life to those that find them, and they're health even to all your flesh. It makes it transformation. It makes transformation. When you attend to it, it makes a difference in you. You ignore it, things stay the same. Hmm. Matter of fact, Good News Translation says it this way of, of verse 23, keep, it, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. The new tr- uh, Good News Translation says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So how are you thinking today? Zig Ziglar used to say the phrase, people are, are infected with stinking thinking. And that occasionally, daily, you need to do a checkup from the neck up. And that's important for all of us. Man, the gospel is so powerful, and it's right there in Hebrews chapter number one. And I'll, I'll use the scriptures. There's power in the word. Say it. 
man, there's power in the Word of God. Now look, look at the beginning, three verses of the book of Hebrews. It says this, God who at various times and in various ways spoke, say spoke, in times past to our fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, though uh, through whom also He made the worlds. So He spoke, He brings things into order, He spoke the world into existence. Who being in the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, look what it says, and upholding all things by the word of His power. Come, look at me here for a second. Everything your eyes have ever seen were made by the words that came out of God's mouth. God said, and it was, and God said, and it was for six days. And then when he got to the sixth day, he created man and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a, a che nefesh. He became a living soul. And that's exactly, the, it's a change of order. God made you different. But everything you, you've ever seen was ordered by God and spoken by the words of his mouth. Is there power in God's word? Yes. Now, once you begin to understand the dynamic of that, you're less flippant with what you say. Why? Because your, your life will head in the direction that your tongue sends it. That's right. Amen. Now, don't miss this series because your tongue is your problem. That's right. <laughs> Come on now. Look at your neighbor and say, okay, blabbermouth, you need to get to church. Come on, just tell him right now. <laughs> he upholds all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty of on high. Hallelujah. That's him. That's the gospel. And so there's power in God's word. Now, number three, the thing that you need to understand is there's power in your words. Dutch Sheets is a dear friend of, of mine, an old friend of ours. I guess we met back in 1985. That's been a while ago. And uh, he actually worked for Living Word. How many of you have read one of Dutch's books on intercession or one of those things? In any case, um, Dutch had, uh, at one point in his young life, he had warts all over his hand. And they were, they were painful and they were distracting. I mean, he said you couldn't look at his hand without getting distracted. And they were all over, and these two fingers right here, the cuticle and the fingernail, was just about eaten away by these growths, this fungus on his fingers. It was, it was just terrible. And he went to the doctors, and they said, no, we'll mangle your hands if we try to get rid of these things. You just need to hope they go away, because the best we can do for you. And so, any any rate... He said he had every means of prayer. He had all kinds of prayer. He had lay, prayer, people laying hands on him, according to the Bible, and laying hands on him, anointing with oil, you know, and, you know, doing the charismatic flop, dropping into the floor and, and so forth. He said, they blew on me. They, they anointed me with oil. They did everything, and I got up with warts. And so he said he was praying about it, and he said, the Lord said to him, he said, I'm not going to do this for you by some other means. I want you to do what I've taught you to do. And he led him to Mark chapter number 11, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Now, you'll remember the context of Mark is that Jesus went to eat figs off of a trig tree, fig tree, <laughs> trig tree, a fig tree, and it didn't have any fruit on it. And so Jesus said to the fig tree, no fruit be on you hereafter and forever. And they came back the next day, and the tree had started to wither and die. It died when Jesus spoke to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so 
The disciples said, wow, the tree died when you spoke to it. And Jesus said, have faith in God. Verse 22, have faith in God. And he said, now this is what faith in God sounds like. Whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. He didn't say pray to God about the mountain. He said speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. This is all Mark 11, 23. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. No mention of prayer in the verse, just speaking to the mountain. And Jesus said, you'll have what you say in the context of speaking to something that has no ears and it dying. And then he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. And so Jesus is talking about the, dynamical, the dynamic power of words and this interaction and cooperation and alignment with God through believing and saying. Yes. And so in any case, Dutch took that, that word and he, he began to speak to his hands just full of these terrible growths. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I curse you and I command you to get out of my, off of my hands forever in Jesus' name. And he just spoke to them, just like Mark 11 told him. And so he said, two weeks went by and he just do it. Every, he said, every time I was in my car or by myself, I did it. I said that to my hand. He said, two weeks went by, no change. He said, within three days, he said, he looked at his hands and he said, he said, I, I looked at my hand, he said, I think some of these things are shrinking. They're smaller. In a week from then, every growth was gone. Now, you have to understand, these two fingers were half eaten away by these warts. I mean, the fingernail was gone. The cuticle was gone. This was just terrible. He said within a week of that time, not only were the warts gone, but his fingernail grew out. Come on, you don't grow a fingernail in a week, somebody. He said he tapped into something that was like creative. God's creative power went, and went to work just because he spoke to his hands like the Lord told him to. And now that, that's the power that God put at your disposal. The, word of the, the, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, that the word of God, verse 4, that, that the word is alive and active and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive. It's active. It's powerful. It's not dusty memories. It's powerful right now. And it's the dynamic of God's Word. And it's important that you know that. And, and let me just tell you, there's a lot of folks who go to church a lot and don't, that don't know that. Bible reading, take it or leave it kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Now, I, I do admit that when this, this message of faith and declaring the word of the Lord came out, there were excesses to it. I, I'm no denial of all of that. But I can tell you, I walk today because it's true. I can tell you. Listen, there's two types of praying in your Bible, and both of them or, or originate out of a direction, up or down. Petitioning prayer or priestly prayer goes, takes the needs of the people and brings them before God. Up. Priestly prayer goes up. It's petitioning prayer. But there's another kind of praying, and it's prophetic prayer. And it's from heaven down. It's a different direction for the way that you decree a thing. And the Bible's full of it. Now, everything you pray, it might be begging God for answers. Well, that, first of all, is, is couched in unbelief to start with. But it might be the best you can do, and God loves you, and he wants to answer your prayers. I need an amen. 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 God loves you and wants to answer your prayers. But God responds to faith. 
So listen, you can pray three times a day, every day, religiously, and not believe what you're saying and get nothing. Now, how many of you want to be able to pray effectively? Well, there's a way that the Bible actually says and coaches us about how to do it. That when you pray, let me just tell you, you're supposed to see answers. Come on. Jesus said to pray in his name, and the Bible says he said, pray that your joy, pray and receive from God that your joy may be full. In other words, he wants wants you to get joy not because you prayed. He wants you to get joy because your prayers got answered. And that's red print in your Bible. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Hmm. And so there's several things that tie, again, your words have power that the Bible says about your words. Listen to it, and not only what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14, a man shall be satisfied with the good, the fruits of his mouth. He, his, your mouth is, or your life is going to be satisfied with good. Why? Because of the fruits of your mouth. In other words, blessing or cursing, you choose. It's what's coming out of your mouth is going to do you good or bad. It's yours. Uh, chapter 13, Proverbs, uh, verse number 2, that the fruit of a man's mouth, by, by the fruit of a man's mouth, he enjoys good. Come on. Life, death and life, Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you choose good, bad, death, life, you choose. Somebody said, well, you know, God's will is going to be done. Let me just tell you, there's so many biblical examples you have to ignore to think that faith is passive. There's so much Bible you have to ignore. Because if God's will is going to be done, why pray? Why go to church? Why not just cruise? Do what you want. God's will is going to be done anyway. Really? Like I could have stayed in bed and eaten cornflakes. And let me just tell you that one motorcycle accident 10 years ago and my walking days would have been over and somebody would have said, well, it's just God's will for your life. And I can just tell you, God's will is that I walk. Amen. Amen. That I be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not mine. And so how do you do that? See, that's the dynamic and this key of words in our lives. And if you understand that there's power in God's word, but when God's word gets in my mouth, it becomes power released in my dynamic, in my life. And again, this, can you take this to excess? Yeah, I mean, you can look at some Cadillac. I believe I was receiving a Cadillac. Cadillac, 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 Cadillac. And I just want you to understand that that's pretty hokey and sort of weird and stupid. Cadillacs are great and so forth. Go to work. Amen. <laughs> But, 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 does God want you to, to bless your life? He loves to bless your life. But there's more to life than what you drive. Amen. There's so much more. And then when God begins to author from the center, when, the, when you attend to his words and incline your ears unto his sayings, and don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, they're life to you and health to all your flesh. And so Jesus knew the power of words. Again, I said this already, but Jesus speaks to things that doesn't have ears, that don't have ears. Like fig trees. They, they don't hear. They don't interact. But it sure enough obeyed him when he said, no fruit for you, for, for you for, forever. Are you with me? Come on. He speaks to dead people. 
Lazarus, come forth. Some, one preacher said if he hadn't said Lazarus, the whole graveyard would have got up. Amen. <laughs> but he speaks to Lazarus, and dead people don't hear, but Lazarus got up. Jairus' daughter, she, she's dead. She can't hear, but he spoke to her anyway. Damsel, I say unto you, arise. To Telethakumai. And up she came. And so there's, there's this dynamic. Jesus believed in the power of words. Of, he, he speaks to storms. And they don't have ears, but they obey and do what he says. Are you with me? Now, Peter and Paul also believed this. Peter, the Bible says, in Acts chapter number 3, came walking through the gate beautiful, and there was a guy been sitting there from the day he was born. I'm telling you, they just sat him there. He was crippled in his legs, never had walked. And there's no mention of prayer in this verse. Acts chapter number 3, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he, he didn't wait for him to say amen. He just grabbed his hand and jerked him up. I guess he'd been pulling fish by nets out of the... Out of the See a Galilee for a long time, you can jerk a guy up. And the Bible says immediately his feet and ankle bones regained strength. He went walking, leaping, and praising God into the temple. And when they came and asked him about it, Peter said, Why look ye upon us as if by our own power, holiness, that we've done this thing? But it was the name and faith in the name that has given this man this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. But let me just tell you, the name didn't, didn't work itself. Peter had to work it. Peter had to do the dynamics of faith and activity and cooperation. That's getting yourself aligned with the Word of God. And so before he got through that gate beautiful, he was, he was in line. And because of that, a guy got healed. And Paul, the Bible says in Acts chapter number 14, there was a guy that had never walked again, crippled in his legs from the time he was born. And the Bible says, while, while Paul was yet preaching, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. He didn't lay hands on him. He didn't pray. He didn't have a prayer group. He didn't have united prayer. He just said, get up. And the guy got up, which is pretty cool because he didn't have to learn to walk after never walking. It's kind of like being a toddler without toddling. It's awesome. And so imagine that level of authority and power in the decree of the Lord in your words. You have power in your words. Now, there's three different words I want to bring up to you that are real key, and, and it's really the basis for this, this series that I want to share with you, the power of words. Now, the word create in, in the Hebrew language is the word asa. Say it. Asa. It's the word create. It's, it's in the beginning God created. And so that word created is the Hebrew word asa. Now, the, the word means more than just create. It certainly means that. Matter of fact, one commentary and, and scholars believe it not only means to create, but because of the context, it means to recreate. And so there's applications for that. But in the beginning, God created uh, the, the heavens and the earth. It's, it's used relative to to. God's word and the word asa. Let me, let me bring you three different places. This is one of them. Genesis chapter number one. It means to create. Isaiah chapter 55. Some of you will recognize this passage. It's um, that God's word will not return unto him void. But it will accomplish in, where, in what he pleases. And, and, and it, will, it will not return, but it will accomplish what he pleases and prosper in wayward until he sent it. The, the word there for prosper is the word asa. In other words, when God sends his word, it's going, to, it's going to create what wasn't possible. Powerful, powerful. 
It will accomplish what I please, Asa. Or Jeremiah 1.12, and in Jeremiah, he says this. He says, I watch over my word. Again, it's relative to the word. I watch over my word to perform it. The word perform, Asa. Same word used in Genesis 1 for create. In other words, when God speaks his word, there's creative power in it. It, it'll perform wherever God sends his word. And how many of you are going to give God a landing pad for the word of God? Yes. Amen. Come on. You gotta, you, there's a little bit of a landing strip you got to create. Why? By attending to the word. Yes. Inclining your ears unto his things. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in your much heart. What are you doing? You're building a landing strip yes. for the word that will not return void to come and perform in your life. Amen. I'm doing better preaching you are shouting. But I, I think I'm creating... Uh, uh, maybe a, a knowledge for you, an understanding for you that was in your Bible the whole time. Somebody said, oh, this is just that faith message. This is just that, this is that blab it and grab it stuff. This is that name it and claim it crew and so forth. And, and we believe, you know, that you just need to sit back and whatever God wants to do, you beat your brains out every once in a while just to teach you something. God just never knew what God will do. Let me just tell you, that's religious and stupid all in the same breath. <laughs> you got to ignore an awful lot of Bible to believe that. You just got to start ripping pages out of your Bible. What's the book of Acts? It's the way people act after they're saved. It's how to say people act. Maybe you should look in the book of Acts. <laughs> Find out how to act. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So God, this is what God told Isaiah in chapter, chapter 51. Uh, he, he told I, Isaiah, he said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and when you release them, it's going to release something into the earth. That's what God told Isaiah. He said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and it's going to release power in the earth. And that's what God told Isaiah. It's the pattern that God puts into those who've been born again, who house the Holy Spirit, and attend to the Word of God, and speak the Word. That's, it, it doesn't make us special. You are special because you've been born again. You're children, sons, and daughters of God. And, and I just want you to know, you may not feel that way. I didn't ask your feelings. I'm asking the word that won't return void about you. Well, I'm not even going to ask your history. Those of you watching my internet, I'm, going to, I'm not going to ask your friends. I'm not going to ask your history. I'm not going to ask your permission to declare over you the word of God. That while I'm ministering today and while I'm declaring what the word of God says, there's power in the room to do what I'm announcing. You say, will that make you something big? No, I'm just a mouthpiece. You have a mouth, you do it. Let's all do it. You want to see your city change? Well, don't say what they said at 6 o'clock news. Okay? If you want to change what they're reporting, change what you're saying about your city. Come to Declare Dayton tonight. And we're going to gather a fifth third field and we're going to declare the word of the Lord over our city. I've been asked to pray over all the mayors that will participate. Come on, how many of you know mayors need prayer? Yeah. Amen. It's going to be a mayor prayer. <laughs> but understand, I mean, God wants to do major things in our world. God, listen, 
in, in Ezekiel, he said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap and make up a hedge and I might not destroy the city. I'm just looking for somebody to tell me not to, and I won't. But judgment will come because they're bringing it by their actions. Judgment will come, but I don't want judgment. I want somebody to stand in the gap and ask me not to. And see, that's the idea. That's the nature of this alignment and cooperation with the grace of God. That you'll see the grace of God work, but you've got to pray. You've got to, you have to interact with it. It's very interactive, and this whole thing of faith is not passive. Hallelujah. And so, second word. Second word is the word for word. First was create, which was asa, and now is the word in the Hebrew language for the word word, W-O-R-D, and it's dabar. Everybody try that one on. Dabar. <laughs> and it means more than just word. It means to align things. It literally means to align things. See, order. We we, we declare order by, by we speak things into, into order, if you will. Matter of fact, if you want a, a, a the, the Greek word for this same word, dabar, is the word logos. Try that one. It's Greek language. And it's the word, the big word for word. I'm, I'm speaking today, and in the Greek, that would be rhema. A rhema. A spoken word. It's a, it's a moment. It's a word for the moment. But that's not the big word. The big word is logo, logos. Everybody hear the word logic in it? Okay, it is the logic of God announced in words. You don't know what God's thinking until he says it. And now it's the logos. Jesus, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word for word in all of those, that Jesus was the capital W, logos. He's not a message. He's the message. He's you put all of them together and you get God kind of an idea. Do you, do you see that? Yeah. And so once you understand the, the interaction and the nature and the intimacy and the interaction with words in our lives, it, it becomes something that, that changes us. It, it brings into order that was which is in, in chaos. It's what happened in creation, and I won't get into that. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Um, a guy named Gideon. Anybody remember Gideon in the book of Judges? Yeah. Okay, Gideon, now, Gideon was just, painted, just minding his own business, threshing wheat in a wine press. The Midianites had come and oppressed the people of Israel because of their disobedience. Judgment comes on them. The Midianites, they plant crops, harvest time. The Midianites just come steal the whole thing. And so comes time for, for a deliverer to be raised up, and so Gideon is the guy that's chosen. So he's threshing wheat in a wine press, which is an interesting scenario. I won't go into it. But it's like the, the continuation of a failed life. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon and says to him, O Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon hadn't done anything of valor, but the announcement of him, he becomes a mighty deliverer in the nation of Israel, and the Midianites are completely, remember Gideon's 300, the sword of the Lord and Gideon? It's in your Bible, okay? It's beautiful. I'm sorry, I don't have time to go into all of it. But, but in other words, Gideon's behavior transformed. Why? The word of the Lord came to him. It had unpacked destiny for him that was not apparent to him. Why? Because his life experience and his history didn't tell him that. It took a word from God to bust into his reality and suddenly, boom, he becomes something he wasn't because the word of the Lord empowered him to do it. Why? Because God hastens unto his word to perform it, to assah his word. He assahs his dabar. 
Or Abraham. How many remember a guy named Abram? Man, what a cool guy he is. He's just like us. Abram was his name before Abraham. And God encounters him and said, I'm going to make you a great nation and so forth. And you and your wife, Sarah, are going to have a baby. And I'm going to create a great nation out of him and so forth. And you can number the stars. You can count your inheritance and seed and the nation and so forth. So pretty cool word. Now the problem is that Abram kept on having a hard time with the, the whole idea. And so he tried to help God. Hagar comes into the scene, and Ishmael is created, and all these different kind of things. He struggles, 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 struggles. Finally, in Genesis 17, God shows up to Abram, and he says, okay, we got to have a defining moment. Come on, some of you in the room need a defining moment. You want to be what God wants you to be, but you just haven't had that moment where God breathes into your life. And so... So Abraham, he has an encounter with God in, in chapter 17, and all of a sudden God shows up and reannounces himself and unpacks this guy named Abram. He says, I am the Almighty, capital A. In other words, he's announcing himself, this is who I am. I am the Almighty God. The word is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. I'm not enough. I'm more than enough. If... Is, and he says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? And so he, he shows up to Abram. He says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me. And this is what he says. Be thou perfect is what it says in the, in the King James. It's walk before me and grow up. Stop struggling. I don't need you to help me pull off what I said. Now... This defining moment, God puts himself right in the middle of Abraham's name. He was Abram, but the breathy sound, the try it. Okay, we know if you brushed your teeth or not right then. <laughs> but that breathy sound in the Hebrew is the word for spirit or it's the breath. The is the, the presence of God, if you will. Breath is the same word in the Hebrew for spirit. And so he put a Right in the middle of Abram. He became Abraham. In other words, I'm going to redefine your life with the breath of God from now on. You're never going to be, and this is what his, his name means. Abraham means father of nations. Every time he heard his name, hey, father of nations, what are we going to do with the cattle on the south pasture? Hey, father of nations, what are you, it's time to paint the house? You want us to paint the house? Come and every time he heard his name, father of nations, father, come on, how many of you know God knows how to make it right? Every time he heard his name, he heard himself in the light of that defining moment. Some of your memories are too good about yesterday before your moment with God. Some of you need a moment with God. Why? It'll redefine everything. He'll put his breath right in the middle of who you are, and it'll redefine everything for you. It'll redefine your life. It'll redefine your family. It'll redefine your finances. You need to get the word of God out and get the breath back into your life again. Man. Uh, now let me give you this one now. Everybody say logos. See, that's the word in the Greek language for the word word, but the root word of the word logos is the word lego. Yeah, the toys, you know. You build cities out of them and stuff. They all stick together. Say lego. Say lego my ego. Amen. So that's not it. Breakfast would ruin what I'm saying. 
But the word Lego, it means to build. It literally means, Lego means build. And so literally the root word of the word words is Lego. I mean, and when you say it, it begins to build something in your life. Now let me show you in the negative. The enemy has lied to you for years and built a, what's called a stronghold in your Bible. Thought patterns that lead you to chaos, defeat, and depression. The liar is a liar. Now the truth comes like a battering ram and smashes into everything that's not true but a part of your experience. And it bashes into that and says, you know, I I hear this and I, I have respect for organizations that are trying to help people. I do. But once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic does not work for me. Having been there and done that, this is the way it works. Bury the alcoholic with the rest of the sin, boom, shove dirt in its face, and come alive in Jesus. Born again. I buried that. I came alive in Jesus, and I won freedom because of God's goodness and, hear me, availability to perform His Word. And suddenly now my life has become just believe God and receive from the word of God. And that's what God wants for you. Truly, that's what God wants for every single one of us. You say, ah, it's just preaching. It's just a preacher. He's up there just a preacher. That's just church. I'm going fishing. I don't know. I might just, I might sleep in today and, you know, and so forth. And I'll go hear that guy rant and rave some other time. Through the foolishness of preaching, God has ordained that men everywhere should repent and be saved. Come on. He that hath the Son has life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Jackie was dying in the hospital, and I said, she'll live and not die and declare the word of the Lord. And instead of going to her funeral, we had her birthday yesterday. She's 39 again. (laughs) The doctor spoke words over my life and said that I'd never walk again. But I'm the healed of the Lord. What I said in that ditch when my legs did not obey my head was not my legs don't work. Because I didn't need the facts, I needed the truth. Hear me now. I'm trying to help. I didn't need the facts. I needed the truth. Why? Truth shall make you free. Well, freedom's my right. It's what Jesus purchased for me. He didn't purchase the curse. I didn't need Jesus' help to get cursed. I was cursed already. Jesus came to lift the curse off of me and make impossible possible for you and me. And so in that ditch, I said, I'm the healed of the Lord. I never prayed about my own life again. I just thanked them that the power of God was working in my body, causing a healing and a cure from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I said it a thousand times. I came out of surgery. The doctor came into my room, said, Pat, wiggle your toes. And I wiggled them. And he had a funny look on his face. And my family all started weeping. I said, what are you crying for? I did exactly what he told me. And my son told me, Dad, you weren't supposed to be able to do that. And we all cried together. 
because God's Word works. I'm telling you, at the dynamically worst day of my life, the Word worked. Because it wasn't me, I didn't make it up, I got it from the one that made the earth. Somebody said, well, I don't believe you can do that. God's picking and choosing. Are you kidding? Have you ever read Mark 5? A woman, 12 years, suffered with many physicians with an issue of blood, had suffered many things, and many physicians didn't get better, but rather grew worse and spent all that she had. Now she's broken sick. She heard that Jesus was coming. She said in her heart, if I could just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And she pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and the Bible said virtue went out of them. And she was healed immediately, and then Jesus turned around the press of the crowd. Listen to what the Word says. Don't read into the Word what you believe. Read out of it what it says. Jesus stood in the middle of that crowd and said, who touched me? In other words, he didn't pick her. She picked him. Who touched me? The disciples have been acting like bodyguards trying to keep people off of them. So for what do you mean who touched everybody's thing of touching? They haven't worn deodorant for years. It's terrible. <laughs> That's probably in the living Bible. <laughs> Pushing people back. And the Bible says the woman came and told him the whole story. And Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Yeah. Now it was the power of God that went out of him and into her that made her whole. But what released the power of God is what she said. And what she did, released the power of God into her. He didn't pick her, she picked him. Will you pick him today? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. Today, what do you want? What's on your hands that needs to go away? What's wrong with your back that needs to be repaired? What's wrong with your kids that needs them to be restored? What in your finances needs to turn around and God redirect in your life to bring blessing and opportunity instead of cursing and despair? What do you need to speak to when you look in the mirror and you see somebody that's too fat or too skinny or too this or too that? What, what do you need to speak to in your life that begins to turn your heart towards the will of God? And t- attend to his word, incline your ears unto his saying, let it not depart from your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because it's life to those that find it, and it's health to all their flesh. It'll dynamically work in your life, powerfully turning the thing around. And I can tell you, your problem hadn't been the devil, your problem's been your tongue. Align yourself with God and watch what he does. You've got angels to go on assignment, but man, most of them are bored playing cards. You don't give them anything to work with. I'm telling you, God wants to work in your life. He wants to save your kids. He wants to change your city. We need to get together and talk about our differences. No, that's probably going to make it worse. Why don't we get together and talk about our similarities and talk about a God who's able to save to the uttermost, a God who would have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Maybe we should talk about that and watch what takes over the atmosphere of our lives. Words. Come on, say words. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to use the right words. Come on, tell them right now. On the internet right now, you need to use the right words. Come on, let's all stand to our feet this morning.
The Lord is good. Whoo, man alive, I feel like I backed up the truck and dumped the whole load. Listen to me now. Even if you don't completely swallow what I just told you, I double-dog dare you to come for the rest of this series. I dare you. And just start doing what you heard. You got to commit to it because old habits die hard. Some of your past has so pulverized your soul that it's hard for you. I mean, your past has slimed you with corrupt words, and I know it. And this is what I also know, that your experience might create a normal for you, but if God enters that experience, everything can change from here on out. And God will, listen carefully now, this is, we'll get into this, but God can even take the things that were meant to kill you and make them serve you. There has been more mileage come out of that motorcycle testimony in this city than any other thing that I... I listen, there'd be people all over this city that would never know my name but remember that motorcycle accident. Dayton Daly put it on the front of the newspaper three times while we were in the hospital. Come on, Dayton Daly, preaching good stuff. Imagine that. Our friends down at the Dayton Daily. Think about it. Word went everywhere. Pray for Pastor Pat and Jackie. And people prayed from all over the world. We got word from people all over this planet. Australia, Europe, Africa. I'm telling you, they were playing from all over the place. And today my sweetheart and I stand because of the word of God. Can God do that? to your pulverized soul yes you can live again you can love again you can have peace again <laughs> earth has no sorrows that heaven doesn't heal I can tell you that but I can tell you you can get your answer of peace right now it just requires the word and the prince of peace himself to come and enter your life experience let him come. Let him settle right in the middle of you and begin to recreate Asa, what was in chaos before he came. The, word was that, the world was without form and void, and God said, Asa, happen. The word was in chaos, and when the word of God came, it created order out of the chaos. Let him come. Let the word, capital W, word, come into your life. Let Jesus come and pull the sin and the curse off your life and start over again. And let the word of the Lord script your future. Bow your heads with me all over the room. And those of you watching by internet right now, I want to pray for you. The only way that God can come into your life and begin to bless you like I just described is a moment of surrender where you just simply say to God, God, I need you in my life. Please come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. It comes in a moment when you say, God, I know I need you. Well, let me just describe to you just how excited he is to be a part of your life. It's not at the end zones 
of football stadiums anymore, but John 3.16 used to appear a lot of places, and it's for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish. So if you're perishing, you don't have to. You can have everlasting life, life that never quits, life that begins when it comes and never quits. And today can be that day for you. And those of you watching by the internet today, let life begin. Put an end to death. Bury the old man and come alive in a new man. A new creature in Jesus Christ is what God promises you. And so it starts by saying yes to Jesus. If you're in the room today as your head's about and searching your own heart, if God is dealing with you today, let Jesus be the Lord of your life. He comes by invitation. That's a prayer, but an invitation to God. Say, come into my life, Lord Jesus. And, and when you do, he will come. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And those of you watching my internet, I'm, I'm just going to invite you. Respond in faith. Respond with some sort of action. Yes, Pastor Pat, I, I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Pray for, include me. I don't want to be left out. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need a recreation going on in my life. Can Jesus do that for me? He absolutely is the only one that can. Choose him. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. If you're in this room, you say, Pastor Pat, don't leave me out of that prayer. Pray for me today. I need a new beginning. And Jesus, I need him in my life to deal with my past and to restructure my future. If that's you, wherever you're at, lift your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I pray, don't leave me out. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. All over. All over. Yeah, God, keep your hand up just for a moment. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Men and women all over. Anybody else lift up? I see you back there. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Lift up your hand. If you hadn't already done it, just say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need to get right with God. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I'm coming back to God. I've once known the Lord, but I've, I've gotten off track, and I, I need to repent. I need to get back on track with God. If that's you, lift your hand today. If that's you. Anywhere. Yeah, I see you. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, lots of you. Amen. God's good. Those of you watching my internet, I mean, just lift your hand by faith right where you are. That's me, Pastor Pat. I need to get my life back on track. Well, God wants to do a great work in your life. Now look at me here, everybody. For those of you who lifted your hands for prayer, and those of you by way of the internet right now, I, I'm, I'm going to pray, and I want all of us to pray together. Can we all support those who have lifted their hands? I need, to get, I need a revolution in my life. I need God in my life. And we're going to pray right now, and God is going to enter your moment. Come on, the encounter with God, that's what you're looking for. Why? Because God puts breath right in the middle of you. You ready? You little Abram's going to be Abraham's in a minute. Whosoever, he said, will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God threw us a lifeline. His name is Jesus. Grab a hold and let him pull you in. He wants to love you and he wants to help you. Pray this prayer. Everybody write out loud. And those of you who lifted your hand all over the sanctuary and those of you on the internet right now, lift your voice and pray this with me. Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I believe in you. Thank you for believing in me. I give you my life today. Help me now. Teach me what this means. And I'll never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.